This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is 95.7 The Game. All right, what is going on? Everyone here on a Saturday with you, as always. Warriors this week, Evan Giddings alongside Dan Devone, fresh out of the Dolphin Club with you here in San Francisco. We are ready to rock, as are the Golden State Warriors. Eight road wins in a row. They take down the Toronto Raptors last night, a three-in-one week. And we appreciate you being here on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Dan? You feeling frisky? How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. I mean, uh, look, this is... This is when it gets fun, right? This time of year is when it gets fun around the NBA. And the Golden State Warriors are about as fun of a basketball team to watch as any, Dan. I know that you know you might not have had a chance when you're in New York to get out to MSG. I was looking for you courtside there at the game. <laughs> uh, but right now, the Warriors are playing fantastic basketball. Just completed a 12-3 and month of February. Have won 13 of the last 16. And they got a big one coming up on Sunday in Boston. Where do you want to start? Eight in a row. We can get after uh, the boss. I'll let you. Come on. There's a reason why you're driving this ship. I just <laughs> follow you, right? You just you just you lead me the way and I'm I'll come along for the journey. So look at eight in a row on the road. Um we always talk about turning the corner. There's an identity now, there's a starting lineup, there's a rotation. Uh there is a hiccup. Yep. And I'm glad you mentioned New York City, because you know I do spend a lot of time there, including this past week. And so, yes, there is there is something that I do want to work into the show as it relates to one. Maybe I shouldn't start here Uh in light of all the euphoria and the good feeling that are the Golden State Warriors these days. But New York fans and Andrew Wiggins, I have something to say. (laughs) But we can maybe leave that for a little bit later if you want to dive into it now. Again, you're you're driving this thing. Well, Well, that's the thing, Dan. It's like... While all of this kind of the, the umbrella of great basketball that they've been playing, within that umbrella is a couple things. Andrew Wiggins is out for personal reasons. We got Draymond Green going after our co-partner and, and Bonte Hill after the game, also in New York. Chris Paul did quietly return from his 21-game absence off of injury and has pretty much not skipped the beat. Uh, Steph Curry broke out of his shooting slump and threw that right in my face. And right now, someone like Moses Moody is emerging as another young, talented player for Golden State. Your boy TJD is playing some some more minutes. I think he got 16 last night in Toronto. Pajemski was out due to knee soreness. Hopefully that's nothing serious. But, I mean, I, I think 
Everyone is just wondering how dangerous Golden State can be. And, and I think that's kind of where I want to start big picture. How dangerous the dubs can be. Because while they went 3-1, and one, they got victories against the Wizards, the Knicks, uh, and the Raptors as of last night. Three games in four nights, nothing to scoff about. And they'll have another big one coming up on Sunday. Does it feel like, Dan, that last time we talked, we were looking at Denver. And we were talking about how important that game was. Does it... Has your mind changed? Do you feel like the Warriors are a more dangerous team, just as dangerous or less dangerous after another week of watching them win three of four, three of which, by the way, on the road? I think they get more dangerous as they go along, simply because there's always been the moving parts, and the more now that they play together, the more that they're healthy, the more that we see the emergence of, of, of Jonathan Kaminga, the more that we begin to witness the emergence of Moses Moody, Pajemski, all of these pieces that weren't in place at the beginning of the season, that now that they have, as Steph Curry said after last night's latest victory, they have a clear identity that the schedule works in their favor, that this is a team that's only going to get better, and it's the most dangerous they've been all year. But I say that with the understanding that And I always go back to why I think the Western Conference is wide open and the Golden State Warriors have as much of an opportunity of getting to the Western Conference Finals as much as anybody else. But what we witnessed last week, I do think is a reminder, while there's the Golden State Warriors, and and it's just up for grabs, not only in the West, but the East as well. The Denver Nuggets are the one team that I think is sort of the outlier. I think the Denver Nuggets are the best team in the NBA, and they proved that head-to-head with the Golden State Warriors last week. Now, that doesn't mean the Warriors can't beat them in a seven-game series. I'm just saying that there is the West, and there there is the Denver Nuggets, who I think have established themselves as the team to beat, even though they don't have the best record, not the number one seed. But I think that uh, anybody who watches and follows this stuff knows that that it's basically going to go through them. They're the defending champs. Uh, They are intact, and when Jokic is on, he's the best player in the NBA, and that they have just about every base covered when you think about uh, the Nuggets and shooting and defense and Gordon providing... uh, connecting everybody with with, with the defense and Jamal Murray doing what it is that he does, that that's the one team that the Golden State Warriors you would look at and say, okay, we may not be able to match up with them and this is a team that that might be clearly better than us. Uh, everybody else, I think that the Warriors are right in that conversation. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought they got humbled a bit on Sunday, and it's also the seventh straight time they've lost to Denver. They haven't beaten the Nuggets since the 2022 first-round series, which they knocked them out of the postseason. So this is a very different Denver team than the one we knew about two years ago. Um, Jamal Murray's out for them now with a, with an ankle injury. You know, I, I think that's something that we'll look at come postseason time, but it's a good litmus test. It's a good chance to see what you need to do to beat the best in the West. And they're going to have to try and beat the best in the East tomorrow in Boston. You talk about Denver. They've won five in a row. Well, the longest win streak in the NBA right now is the Celtics. They've won ten straight. And they are very, very good at home. Uh, more on them in a bit, along with a litany of things. Looking at, of course, we'll get into Andrew Wiggins. Um... We'll get into Draymond Green. We'll dig also into into Stephen Curry, I think. But 888-957-9570 is the number. And the question we want to start with is, how dangerous do you think these Golden State Warriors are? Because I agree that if, for example, they face Denver in the first round, I wouldn't feel good about it. But that's why 
their 12 and 3 stretch, their 13 and 3 stretch is important because it's allowed them down to climb five games above 500. They are 32 and 27 after last night's win. They're in ninth place officially in the West by winning percentage over the Lakers. They got now one and a half games back of Dallas, two games back of Sacramento, three games back of the sixth seed. And it does feel like, you know, a month ago we were talking about, all right, do we just find your way through the play and try and get a home game? It does feel like with the basketball that they're playing, with 24 games left, 11 of which against sub-500 opponents, that the sixth seed is a possibility for them. And I would go as far as to say that unless you want to give yourself it, because Denver's a game out of first, but that could be something where it comes down to the final game of the season, and you're looking at Minnesota, OKC, the Clippers, who are also three back of the one seed. That top four is impenetrable, but you don't want to be at the mercy of the playing tournament determining how or where I guess you got to go, that you might be going to Denver. Like, you might be the seventh seed, the Warriors are, win that first game, and you got to go play Denver in the first round. To me, I think the sixth seed is within reach for Golden State. It's going to be very difficult because Dallas is also playing well. Uh, the Suns are playing well, who are tied with the Pelicans. But I think New Orleans is catchable. I think Sacramento's catchable. And certainly the, the Lakers are right now in the rearview mirror. The Warriors are, are and have been catchable. But Golden State has a favorable schedule. And I think in order to make them as dangerous as possible, securing a home series or securing a, a full seven-game series is the first thing they got to do. Like three games back is, with 24, is, is not insurmountable where we thought it was a month ago. No, it's certainly not. I don't think the Warriors really need to worry about that sort of thing. And I know it's it's good fodder for us and certainly Dub Nation, but they've got to be really insulated. And that is just just take care of who's ever in front of them. And that being the Boston Celtics next. You, you can't start looking at the standings and you can't keep an eye on the sixth seed. You just have to simply continue to play the sort of basketball that you've established over the last month. And, and everything will break out accordingly. I think that the Warriors... You know, they have a lot of teams to climb, and that's just it. That there's nobody necessarily, when you really get into it, there's nobody that's necessarily falling back to them. Now, Sacramento had, you know, a bit of a a stretch there where they weren't playing very well. But for the most part, you know, everybody in front of them, including the Los Angeles Lakers now, are all playing good basketball. So if the idea is, well, we just got to wait for somebody to hit a losing streak, yeah, the Warriors can't. They can't scoreboard watch right now. They just have to continue to play what has been the most you know, effective basketball, maybe the hottest team in the NBA over the last month. But when you look at, at the way it stacks up in the Western Conference and the teams that are immediately in front of them, you know, Sacramento, just when it looked like they were showing signs of, okay, here comes Sacramento, and they're, they're beginning to reel, and the wheels are coming off, and Golden State can walk them down. They lost to Miami at home. Uh, they lost without to De- Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero exactly, and they lost to Denver, which you know everybody's losing to Denver. Then they finished the week by you know strong victories uh, uh, over Minnesota uh, last night. So mm-hmm. you know they go two and two. So uh, you know it's the the problem being is that you, you can get to that six seed. You can even get, listen if you're going to get to the six seed, you can get to the fifth seed because I don't think there's anything separating right now New Orleans and Phoenix. But the problem is, is that you just got to leapfrog a lot of teams that are also playing uh, some of their best basketball right now. So you can go a little nuts when you're when you're talking about 
okay, what did Dallas do tonight? Where's Sacramento at? And of course, you know, are the Lakers, uh, are they winning or losing? The Golden State Warriors, and this is complete coach speak, the Warriors just simply have to eat what's on their plate and just continue to take care of Boston, you know, square up against Giannis and Milwaukee when they come to town, and and all of that self will take care of itself, uh, I strongly believe. But but you just have to right now, uh, for the Golden State Warriors, is, is just continue to build on what has clearly been a turning point over the last, well, I, I'd say it coincides with the return of one Draymond Green. No, you're right, and and we'll certainly dig into him in just a moment, but you're right also in the sense that this is the most consistent level of play that we've seen, no matter who's been in, whether it's been Moses Moody filling in as the start of the last three games for Andrew Wiggins, Pajemski moving into the starting lineup, which we've seen over the last month, Clay Thompson going to the bench, Chris Paul returning, Curry being up and down with his shot, but it returned the last two nights, Draymond Green being a bulwark back there, although he hasn't played Max minutes. And that's another part of this, too, which we'll, we'll also kind of dive into, this idea of how many good options Steve Kerr has. It's funny, at the middle point of the year, you look at November, they were 6-9. and nine. December, they were 5-7. and seven. January, they were 5-7. and seven. During those periods of time, we were wondering, are the rotations right? Was Kerr making the correct choices? And he's going to have some tough choices to deal with once he's got his full complement of characters. But... Now it's like he has so many good options. Like Moses Moody is looking like someone that needs to play and probably should have been playing. But you also got guys off the bench that got to play minutes. Gary Payton II, uh, Trace Jackson Davis. In addition to also figuring out how many minutes to give to certain starters, I think Kaminga could probably get some more. I think guys can be playing less. Um, It's interesting now that we flip from, okay, this is a 12-man rotation, and outside of Steph Curry, the hierarchy changes every night. Now, too, it does feel like there is more of a set, kind of consistent hierarchy with Golden State, um, even though Wiggins is now out. But it's now like he's got too much of a good thing. And that has resulted in 12 wins last month, and it looks like Golden State is playing the best basketball of their season. And so, to me, it's been a lot of fun to watch each and every night. Like, for example, last night. To me, the the, the question about the identity of the Warriors, what it is, and, and Curry talked about it, but he didn't really define it to me. Like, they're finding an identity, but to me, the identity of this team right now is experienced, undersized, tough, but a next-man-up type of team. That, to me, is their identity. They are the epitome of a next-man-up group. And we've seen that from Moses Moody. We've seen that from Brandon Pajemski. We've seen that now for quite some time from Jonathan Kaminga. And so I think the idea that these young guys are ready for their moment, to me, it doesn't necessarily put a ceiling on where this season can go. That's why I feel like they're so dangerous. There's depth to this team like they've never had before. When you think about last night, for just about any other NBA team, if you're down two starters, you know, that's problematic. For the Golden State Warriors, if it's not Steph and it's not Draymond Green that are out, I really think everybody's pretty much interchangeable, aside from maybe Jonathan Kaminga. But it's almost as though Steve Kerr is like, okay, I'm without two starters and it's not Kaminga and it's not Steph Curry and it's not Draymond Green. That almost makes my life a little bit easier. Yeah. If now I only have to worry about playing 10 guys as opposed to playing 12, you know, it's 
I, I, you shouldn't have a real issue with playing Moses Moody as opposed to Andrew Wiggins right now. I know it's a bit of a drop-off, but really? When you think about what it is that Moody's, Moses Moody's been able to do over the last two games? And the same thing is, as good as Pajemski is, it's Clay Thompson going back to the two-spot. Do you really have a significant drop-off? Yeah, I think you know Pajemski's, as I certainly have made the case over the long haul, is a, is a better player for the Golden State Warriors. But because there's so much depth to this basketball team now, that you're able to do that. And it's not necessarily, you know, it's not necessarily a big deal at the end of the day. The Golden State Warriors now have just remarkable depth. It does create, and again, we can get back, get into this in, in the next hour, but I do think that with Moses Moody now playing well, uh, is it as easy that whenever it is that Andrew Wiggins does return, that he he slides back into a starting spot? I mean, this guy has been so enigmatic over you know, the course of his career with the Golden State Warriors. And now the latest, once again, are the personal reasons that have him leaving the team. And now Moses Moody, who is younger, energetic, and the defense as well as the offense and all that he does in terms of the hustle plays, do we just simply say, okay, Andrew Wiggins is back, Moses Moody get back to the end of the line? Well, that's the the looming question. And eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. If you want to answer, if you want to jump into the conversation, phone lines are open. From the nine two five Warriors playing like the best team in the league on the road the last two months. I'm inclined to agree. I'd say probably the last month or so, but they've won eight in a row on the road. That's nothing to scoff at. This is a team that again has made up a lot of ground. We were talking a month or two ago, Dan. Two months ago, we were talking about a team that was four games or five games below five hundred. They're now five games above five hundred. And sure. That's gotten them to the ninth seed. They still have a lot of work to do, but they put themselves in the position to make up more ground by the strong stretch of basketball that they've played. 707, Comcast Business Text Line, Curry and Kaminga as good as any duo in the NBA. On certain nights, they can certainly give it to you. Like in New York, I thought Jonathan Kaminga looked like a man amongst children. And look, the Knicks were a bit shorthanded. They didn't have two of their three best players, and Julius Randle and OG Ananobi. Um, Robinson also out. R- Mitchell Robinson was also out. You're right. But that's a team that I was, like, for example, let's just take that New York game. I was curious how Madison Square Garden, the bright lights, the, the big time, Broadway, if that was something that was going to affect not Curry, not Clay, not Chris Paul, not Draymond, but someone like Jonathan Kaminga, like Brandon Bajemski, and... To their credit, they showed up. Jonathan Kaminga, in a big way specifically, showed up against a Knicks team that, even though they were undermanned, they test your physicality. They test your toughness. And I thought Kaminga rose to the challenge, and he was the best player on the floor in that game. Well, Jonathan Kaminga had said before the game he was itching to play in New York. Yeah. He's one of those guys that, look at, man, this dude is from the Congo, man. He he does He's not one of those guys that it's like, oh, my goodness, this is something I've never experienced before. I mean, come on, man. He, he's His background, he's dealt with much more than having to play out there, you know, on top of Penn Station in the most recognizable arena in all of the world. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga, he wanted to play in New York, and he's been looking forward to this. And he's one of those guys that is not afraid of the moment. Uh, his self-confidence, although it had to be sort of tapered down a little bit, but I do believe when he said you know, earlier this year that there's nobody that can guard him in the NBA, um, you know, that's, those are the sort of guys you want on your team. I actually, you know, the more... What's interesting about these guys, Ev, is that 
yeah, they're growing up in front of us in terms of their their basketball, right? Because they're maturing. They're, they're going from teenagers to their early 20s. And so we can, how many times have we talked about how the game has slowed down for that of Jonathan Kaminga? But they're also growing up as people, yeah. right? We're also witnessing guys from teenagers growing into, into being young men. And and watching his development, you know, it's it's fascinating because I think he's going from this this young, wide-eyed kid to somebody now that is playing with all sorts of confidence, now that wants every call, that is having a back and forth <laughs> with the referees, and the referees are actually listening to him because he's establishing himself as a rising star in this league. He also, as his pers- personality begins to define, he seems like he's got this sort of infectious smile that he plays with, uh, and he fits right in with what I think is the Golden State War culture. I just think that he is, you know, I think he's the perfect fit for a guy that is somebody that is not only a, an effective basketball player and a rising star and has all the physical tools, but also somebody that I think is just is a, is a good person, is somebody that, that plays with a sort of passion and joy that's all spearheaded by that of, of one Steph Curry, and everything sort of trickles down from there, and I think he's sort of a disciple of that in sort of his own way. So uh, I know I went on a tangent there, but I think Kaminga has been looking forward to playing in New York. Uh, there was no doubt in my mind, in fact, it, if it was Game 7 of the NBA Finals and it's the fourth quarter and he has the ball in his hands, I don't have that fear that he's a young player. Oh no, what is Kaminga going to do? I think Kaminga is one of those guys, as well as Pajemski, that that would relish and actually want an opportunity to demonstrate that they can flourish in, in at any level when it comes to playing basketball in the NBA. No, I, I think you're spot on about Kaminga because... Remember, this was a guy that, whether it was a year ago or during his rookie season, there was a lot of people that, I don't know, what kind of nitpick the the maturity aspect of you know him off the court, whether it be pouting, whether it be not playing a heady basketball. I, I, th- those are things that I heard in reference to Kaminga. But it feels like, in regards to your, your comment about the culture, that there's been... A bridge. Like, there's been a combination. Like, the Warriors have figured out, you know, whether it's by process of elimination or not, like, they need this guy, and they need his skill set. Whether Kaminga always makes the right pass or always goes in to get the rebound, he's been doing more of that uh, with more frequency. And I think he's made the plays, and he has you know, acquiesced to, to Golden State basketball in a way, but they're also meeting him halfway. Like, they know that this, in order for this season to be special, in order for them to reach their potential, this kid's got to be a mainstay offensively every single night. Now, I thought mm, prior to the road trip, he might have hit a little bit of a rookie wall. Um, you know, but Or not a rookie wall. Sorry, I was talking about Pajemski. But like a, a wall within the season of, okay, he's finally cracked the starting lineup. He's helping the Warriors win. He's being a force in the stretch of games, and I think teams have adjusted to him or did adjust to him to a little bit. So now it's really just all about Kaminga adjusting to the adjustment, and that's where I, I love to see that from a basketball perspective him against a team like the Knicks, against Washington, teams that are undersized and undermanned. He can impose his will in those kinds of games. Now, it remains to be seen if he can do that against, like, the Denvers, or tomorrow's a big test against Boston. Although he had a really good game against Boston at Chase Center in December. So how can he continue to take those steps? That's why I I think the Warriors are one of, if not the most compelling teams in the NBA, 
because of their young players, because you see a step taken by Kaminga every night, because you see Pajemski putting his fingerprints on games outside of last night, of course, when he was out. You see Moses Moody when he's given the opportunity to make hustle plays, to play defensively, to to save balls, you know, from going saving possessions like he did in Washington. There's so many more things to watch about this team that don't include just the big three. And I feel like we know what we're going to get on most nights from Curry, from Draymond, even now from Klay Thompson off the bench. Chris Paul's been steady, Eddie, since he's come back. But we're watching, in addition to those guys keeping this team at a certain floor, we're watching the young guys bring the Warriors to another level. And that's what I'm excited about to watch every night. And why I can't wait to see what happens in Boston, because that's the best team in the NBA. They play their greatest basketball at the Garden. And it's a team that is really going to push... I think where the Warriors are at right now, which is a team that has only lost to Denver, Los Angeles, being the Clippers, and then an overtime defeat in Atlanta over the last month. So right now, the Warriors have taken care of business against all the teams that they have been supposed to, and that to me is worth something. We It seems as though every time we've done this show over the last month, there's always this marquee matchup as we do the show on a Saturday. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, it was Phoenix. Remember that? And then last week, it was Denver, and now it's the Boston Celtics. And I've maintained in all three of those games at the Golden State Warriors, while you can look at this and say, okay, look, at if you lose to Boston, you still won three of four on what is a challenging East Coast road trip. So it's a feel-good regardless of what happens. Yeah. All that being said, beat Boston. Beat the Celtics. The hell with that. Beat Boston. If for nothing else to prove to everybody in that locker room that, yes, you are indeed one of the best in the NBA. And also, while they've been able to compile wins, that hasn't necessarily been the case against winning teams. So this is another opportunity for the Golden State Warriors to match wits with the best in the NBA and demonstrate in front of a nationally televised audience that this is... You know, this is real deal stuff here. And I I think that the Boston Celtics are a tough matchup, as was the Denver Nuggets. But I do think Denver is better than that of Boston. And that the Golden State yeah. Warriors have an opportunity, especially the way they've been playing of, of late, mm-hmm. to beat Boston. And don't be satisfied, especially after the slow start, that you can afford to win three or four when you're playing like this, that or, or that you can win three or four games and feel good. No, win, go ahead and sweep. Sweep the road trip. Take care of the Boston Celtics. It's right in front of them. And I I don't think that settling now or this sort of frame of mind that we've won three or four on a road trip uh, should be sort of the the thought process now for the Golden State Warriors and or Dub Nation. Go ahead and once again beat Boston. I got a thought on that in a moment. We can get to it after the break. I do want to get glory in San Francisco has been hanging on patiently on 888-957-9570 is the number. Evan Giddings, Dan Devone, Warriors this week. Gloria, how are you doing? What's going on? Doing great, guys. Thank you. Wow, you guys hit on all the points that I was, was thinking about when thinking about the Warriors and their depth and bridging the youth and athleticism with the savvy veteran and leadership. Um, I think it's coming along. I can see the culture coming along with the uh, youth movement with the Warriors, and their depth is going to serve them well moving forward. I do think that their measuring stick is the Denver and the Boston Celtics. Denver is clearly head and shoulders above. I do still think, as you already stated, that the Warriors are gritty yet undersized. 
And so they have to play with that energy and that warrior fun that they play with. You can see that they love playing together. And I'm so happy that they're showcasing Kaminga. Kaminga has earned his stripes. We have witnessed him grow in front of us. He is a bona fide star with us. And we so need that athleticism. I'm so happy. That's one thing about the Warriors. We have veteran skilled players, but we lack with athleticism. And Kaminga brings that. With that being said, I also think that when Wiggins come back, he shouldn't just be handed his job back, but he needs to play. Who plays the best out of he and Moses Moody? If Moses Moody has established himself even more, then I think Wiggins has to earn his job back. Mm. But my goal to see the Warriors is to at least get that seventh seed. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, Gloria. Really good call, and I want to use that to get into something on the other side, which we've been kind of tossing around, this idea that you know, Andrew Wiggins is out. Don't want to speculate. We know that he's dealing with a serious family issue. We'll get to that report on the other side. But also, what does it mean for the Warriors? What does it mean for Moses Moody? What does it mean for the current 3-1 and one stretch this last week, a chance to go perfect on the road if they beat Boston? What does it mean for the future of this season? All of that we'll dig into on the other side as we continue on Warriors this week. After the break, Dan Devone, Evan Giddings with you on 95.7 The Game. Back after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, you know we do things a bit unorthodox here at 95.7. It's one of the reasons it makes us, I think, a, a great station. One that people want to listen to. Of course, Golden State Warriors coverage every single Saturday morning, 9 to noon on Warriors this week. But you know, I was just watching Training Day, Dan. Great movie. Love it. And King Kong ain't got S on me. <laughs> we were just going around like, is this is this the office? Is that the office? In the words of Denzel, you're in the office, baby. You're in the office. <laughs> this is, is our office. When they're in the car? Yeah, when they're in the car, he's like, So we, we going downtown, where are we going? He's like, No, no, no. You're in the office. This yeah. is where we do our work. And the Warriors right now are doing their work on the road. They got a game tomorrow against Boston. Three and one over the last week. Only lost. 
in their last 10 to Denver. And Dan Gloria, on right before the break, brought up, I think, the question that a lot of people are wondering about. And it has to do with this report from Sham Sharania and Andrew Wiggins. I'm told Andrew Wiggins is dealing and tending to a serious family matter right now. And the Warriors are giving him his space. They're giving him his time. The expectation, Steve Kerr has spoken on it. The expectation is Andrew Wiggins will be returning at some point this season. They're optimistic about that, but they also understand he's going through this process. So we certainly wish him and his family the best as he deals with it. Yeah, so a serious family matter. Andrew Wiggins out for personal reasons has now missed three games. It kind of sounds like he's going to miss more than three. He'll probably be out against Boston. And no one really knows when he's going to come back. And it's it's not our job to speculate, but it is our job to think about what the ramifications or the effects of that are. And the immediate effect is Moses Moody being thrust into the starting lineup. Played 31 minutes last night. His workload has kind of ticked up. He's playing 27 minutes per game over the last three. He's helped the Warriors win all three games. And now what do we do? I mean, what do we do when and if Andrew Wiggins comes back? I'm kind of inclined to believe, Dan, that this is not going to be uh, a 25-game absence like it was last season. But then again, we also didn't think it was going to be 25 games last year in which he came back at the beginning of the playoffs, sat game one against Sack, and then started for the remainder of the postseason. Well, he again, he's been so enigmatic with his basketball team. Sorry. Hold on with me here. I got some technical issues. Oh, not another one. No, no, we're good. That, listen, we don't know, so you have to give him the benefit of the doubt. But what we do know is that he he is a guy, when he's playing, that he has a tendency to sort of crawl into a hole. And there's this sort of, like the Warriors, and they always talk about this, how Steph and Draymond are like, you know, they they want him to to be that high-energy guy. So he... He's a guy that, you know, does it a little differently, and he's always been that way. I think since he came into the NBA, he's he sort of lives in his own world from time to time. Now, again, with none of us knowing what it is that he's dealing with, I just want to say this. Again, at the top of the show, when I mentioned New York City, and it's not only relegated to New York or Philadelphia, I think that Andrew Wiggins... Um, should be thankful that he's playing in the Bay Area, and this is certainly not an indictment on sports fans out here, but Talk I can me, just Dan. tell you that if this is the Apple in New York City, that people are going after him, all right? And I think the fact that that Steve Kerr is able to just simply put everyone at ease and the fact that we don't have this thing lit up like a Christmas tree in terms of phone calls and people on the message board saying the hell with this guy doing this after the trade deadline. Again, I'm not going after Andrew Wiggins. I'm just telling you that if this is New York City, if this is Philadelphia, and I'm not saying those are better. Look, those people, are they're nuts out there, right? But there's a different way that all of this is being approached. There's a different climate in the room when you're talking about Andrew Wiggins after the trade deadline, deciding to leave his basketball team, again, without knowing what it is that he's dealing with, I just know that the ramifications in terms of that relationship with the fans and their interpretation of it is very different the way it's handled out here in the Bay Area as opposed to certain places in the East Coast. Well, that's interesting because right now they're on the East Coast. Like, I figured if there was going to be questions about Wiggins and, you know, the normal beat writers for the Warriors each and every night will ask the obligatory question of, you know, where's Wiggins? But you'd figure with the Warriors being in the Apple, your Apple, them going to Toronto where Wiggins hails from, um, that there might be some more 
limelight on where he is or what he's doing. And there really hasn't been. Now, maybe that's because it's a back-to-back and they didn't they didn't spend much time. Like, I actually heard this. I was listening to, gosh, I forget what his podcast it was, but it's an NBA podcast about how Madison Square Garden basically shuts down 90 minutes after the Knicks players are done talking. Like, they get the media in and out. They don't want them in the... like. So it's not like players or media members can kind of linger around the garden looking for answers. Um, and maybe that helps the Warriors along with having to get out of there quickly. Toronto, I'm sure they're flying into Boston. But there are three major hubs, I think, that would, if there was anything to expose, do some digging. Because you have the East Coast media, the biggest market in the country, in New York. You have Wiggins, hometown in Toronto. And then you have Boston, in which those media members will certainly get in your grill and ask you the tough questions. Not to say that play, uh, people out here on the West Coast don't do that, but I think they're just a little more respectful and understanding of the position that the franchise is in right now. And the message from it is basically, you know, he's got a serious family matter. We support him 100%. And I'd like to think that the station has echoed that sentiment here. But if we're going to, like... If if it was to get exposed a little bit, I think it would be on this road trip in which you're hitting all three of those markets. Well, I don't know that I'm necessarily speaking about the media. Certainly the media is respective of what it is that Steve Kerr has to say and what it is that's going on with Andrew Wiggins. I'm talking about the phone lines. Bob from Bensonhurst, go ahead. And everybody out in Brooklyn and down in Chelsea are going. They have something to say. Like, this isn't sitting well with the fan base. It isn't necessarily the media or anybody sitting out there that's doing a story for the New York Post, but rather the fans, whether it's Philadelphia or whether it's Boston or it's New York, I think that the temperature amongst those people is very, very different from what it is that we're experiencing currently here in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, there's probably not a whole lot of people that are, I don't know, camping out on his lawn or know where he lives and trying to peek through the window. <laughs> I mean, that that might be more of an East Coast thing, certainly than a West Coast thing, but you know, the, the fact remains that Wiggins has, has missed some games. And he's probably going to continue to miss games. And in the meantime, and I'm with I'm with Dublin Marge here on the YouTube chat powered by First Norcal Credit Union. I'm a proponent of B where your feet are. The Warriors need to beat the teams in front of them. Nothing else matters. I kind of like that too because it doesn't matter that Wiggins is gone. You'd love to have him here because, number one, they're playing great basketball with him. Number two, I think if the Warriors are to reach their potential, he's got to be a part of it. But we don't know when he's going to come back. So all the Warriors can do is try to continue to stack wins. And it's interesting because throughout this season, like, for example, the Warriors have dealt with an indefinite absence before this season. Draymond Green. That was for very different reasons, but he was suspended for, I think, close to 20 games. They didn't necessarily know when he was going to come back, when they were going to get him back. In that time, Jonathan Kaminga emerged and has stepped into the, the, the forefront of what he's becoming now, which is, I believe, a future star. Someone like, uh, you know, like Chris Paul was able to play more minutes. Curry had to do more. Klay Thompson had to do more. Pajemski was the other big one, of course, uh, who got a lot of minutes in Draymond's absence and also GP2 being hurt. So the absence in the past for the Warriors, while they haven't maybe won as many games, um, and they are winning games now, it's allowed other players to step up. And that's why I've been excited, because it's allowed a player that I think has been kind of biding his time patiently, and has earned now the opportunities he's being given, is Moses Moody. And he's been given a shot. There's a lot to unpack there. First of all, when Andrew Wiggins comes back, is he handed his starting position? 
The other of which is, you know what, Dub Nation, and all of you that, and I'm sure we'll hear from you, the regulars here on Warriors this week, guess what? You're right. I think at the end of the day, what's what's being proven is that all of you that said, and you would just nail us every Saturday, Moses Moody needs to play. Where the hell's Moses Moody? He's getting disrespected. Well, we said it's a numbers game, you know, and there's he's just unfortunately, unfortunately part of just sort of a crunch here where there's no place to play the guy. You know, you know what? I think we're being proven wrong. And and more specifically, not me, because I don't make these decisions at the end of the day. It's Steve Kerr. And again, I we never at least I never want to bottom feed on a show like this going after a coach, especially when the team's winning. But when you look at this in retrospect, you know what? Why the hell weren't you playing Moses Booty? You know, and when you just pointed out how the emergence of Jonathan Kaminga had a lot to do, obviously, it went hand-in-hand hand with the departure and the suspension of Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. Like, Steve Kerr has has not come willingly, and I've said this all along, that a lot of what it is that we've seen, including Pajemski, the only reason Pajemski got run, I'll never forget it, was that Minnesota game where, you know, you get Draymond Green kicked out of the game. Not only that, Clay Thompson's kicked out of the game. Oh, Pajemski, we need you. Go ahead and play. He tears it up, and suddenly, you know, he's getting time. All of this has been situational. It hasn't been... Steve Kerr talked about this last night after the game. Somebody just asked him randomly. It's like, when you think about this season, you guys are probably in, in the best place you've ever been. I'm paraphrasing one of the questions. Mm-hmm. And he talked about the beginning of the year, and he said, and he was very forthright, and he seemed a little bit uncomfortable. He said, look at the beginning of the year, we thought we would do it the same way we did two years ago. Yeah. And that's essentially with the core and the addition of Chris Paul. He never factored in a Pajemski. He never thought Kaminga, I think, would get to this point. He had no idea Trace Jackson would be doing what it is that he's doing. Yeah. He had no idea that Moses Moody could potentially now be a starter replacing Andrew Wiggins. And yes, I think that's a serious conversation that everybody has to have. So when you think about the Golden State Warriors, as you laid out in the beginning of the show, the identity of this team, the core is the core, but they're getting older. The identity of this basketball team is the youth movement. The the young basketball players on the team will dictate just how far this team will go this year. Yes, Steph will be Steph when you know you're getting out of Draymond, but they're all now in their mid-30s. So it's them, and now it is all about these younger basketball players in their early 20s. They now become the driving force on this basketball team going forward. You want to know just sort of how deep of a run they're going to make? Are they going to get to the Western Conference? We'll look no further than Moses Moody's development, Pajemski, Jonathan Kaminga's growth, the more minutes you get for Trace Jackson Davis, all of these young players. This is where the Golden State Warriors are at. That, my friends, is the X factor when you're talking about Golden State and, and a potential run in another title. Well said, Dan. Thank well said. And this is from the 650, I think also well said. Sometimes I think I'm, you know, in this political year that I'm running for well. office, right? I'm st- <laughs> Give it like, time. I'm stumping you. Give it time. <laughs> City of San Francisco needs a, what, what are you, like a second Bro, generation? Bro, are you kidding me? Though, can you imagine if they were to go into my closet? Like, <laughs> all the bones I got laid back there? You got like, skeletons, man. Yes, man. I'm the last dude to throw my hat into that arena. You can catch Dan, by the way, on the podium outside the Dolphin Club <laughs> later on this evening. He's going to be out in the streets of San Francisco. 
Francisco um, giving his political opinions on not just you know the Warriors where they're at, but of course the city of San Francisco <laughs> and what they need. They need young people. They need a movement of young, like you. promising, growing members of the community. It's like you. It's time for guys like me to step aside because <laughs> guys, the Evan getting no, in all seriousness, man. It's about the at some point you got to recognize the next generation. Now listen, it doesn't work if it's all Pajemski and it's all Kaminka. You need the guy on the experience and obviously the physical tools that Steph brings you. But you need to embrace the youth, man. Same with you and same with Granny and all the young talent at the station. Like don't just continue to to you know ignore it. All you know, Evan Giddings continually knocking on Matt Hagen's door, man. Give me a shot. I'm good. <laughs> it's time to open that door and embrace the young man. And shout out to. Ken Latrell also here on the weekends, running the board and making us sound as good as we can. This is from the 650, okay? Wiggins is gone, or Wiggins being gone, is an amazing solution to the Moody problem and gives Moody an opportunity to really raise his game in the Warriors, another opportunity to train another Warrior. Well, I like what you did there with that, but I, I think that's true. And oftentimes it's, I mean, look, what was it, Lou Gehrig, Wally Pip? I mean, that's that's why you're beautiful. <laughs> it, like you never know Don't when your moment is starting line. You never know when that moment is going to be yours. And this is where I do think the season is different. Like to kind of backtrack a bit. Like I was with Kerr in the sense that at the beginning of the season they tried to do it the same way they did two years ago. And to be fair, they started five and one. They started six and two. So there was evidence that playing the older guys could get you off on the right foot. But then what happened? You lost, I think it was like a close game to Denver, and then you got battered by Minnesota, by OKC, by Cleveland. You lost like six in a row, and all of a sudden you're below 500. You're thinking, well, what the hell happened? Our old guys were good enough to beat some of the teams in front of them that were lesser than, but were they good enough? Are they still good enough to help get us to the next level to be in true contention where a lot of us, I think, are projecting them to be perhaps unfairly or prematurely, but now? And why we're projecting that now is because... Steve Kerr has been forced to play these guys. He's been forced to switch things up, whether it's because of injury, whether it's because of suspensions, whether it's because of lack of production. He's been forced to elevate young players into the starting lineup or into primary minutes and rotations. And it's interesting to me, too, Dan. Like, you think about the older guys on the team not named um, Curry and Dre. Clay Thompson's pretty volatile, Chris Paul is steady. But I think they have him in the right role because he's 38 years old. He's not a guy that's going to play 35 minutes a night. The steadiest players in the starting lineup are kind of the floor raisers that I see and have seen the last three games would be Pajemski along with Moody. Kaminga is and has been solid. But it's interesting that you look at three players that are about 21 years old, and in a way, they've kind of been the steadiest part of this last week since Andrew Wiggins has been out. For, for personal reasons. Yeah, again, it's it's so evident to me just watching games when you see young players. And it's it's something that is just, you can't, again, it's not on the stat sheet. It's just watch the game. Watch the movement. What I, I always say this, pop in YouTube and just check out Steph Curry. Pop in like a VHS <laughs> tape? What are you talking about? <laughs> Check out. Go to your phone. Get on your tablet, you oh, people boy. with no life, and yeah. just stare at a screen for eight hours a day. No, but look at YouTube. By the way, when you want to go Wally Pip and talking about, you know, the, the Lou Gehrig Wally Pip reference was, yeah. you know, 
Wally Pipp was the starting first baseman for the New York Yankees, went out with an injury, and then, you know, never got his job back. That's the fall of the Great War. Lou Gehrig stayed in that position for, you know, the next 15 years. So, as it relates to one Evan Giddings, what's the show that you do here? It's it's, You're producing for... Stani Guru. Stani Guru. So, the the Wally Pipp, just to put it in (laughs) 95.7 in the game terms, my man Steining as well as Guru... The next time you want to go out sick, just think twice because, you know, Evan will be hitting in that seat and he'll be warming that thing up and who knows where they'll ever come out of the damn thing. All right. Well, that's, just, no, yeah, lay, lay, just moving on here. Yeah. Talking to, you know, in the beginning of the year when you're talking about the Golden State Warriors and they got off to the good start and it was, you know, it was the old core and it was Steve Kerr saying, I want to do it the way we did it two years ago. Yeah. But did you get the sense, and I know we're sort of, we're revisiting history that it was sort of a, like a bit of a bubble. Like a sort of a house of cards, I didn't really feel it was very foundational at the time. We always talk about an identity. It just didn't. It just see. I could see that thing bursting at some point, and sure enough, that's what would happen a couple of weeks later. But yeah. but I digress. We think about the Golden State Wars. What the hell was I talking about? The youth movement on this team? Yes, sir. I'm talking about you know the the Moses Moody's of the world and 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 some of these younger players. That that's that's really where we're at with this team. And I think that. You know, I I think that they need to get some more run, quite frankly. I'd like to see more of Trace Jackson Davis. I know they say the same thing every Saturday, and it's happening. Hey, did you see what happened last night? Slowly but surely, Dan. Did you see what happened last night? 16 minutes for TJD. But did you see who was not in the rotation? Yes, I did. And this was your call yeah. going back months. It's, the been, one, it's been a while. Dario Saric, sayonara. <laughs> He's a great guy, but, oh boy. Yeah, he just he's troublesome. It's interesting, like, the... Some of the biggest runs by opposing teams, like you look, I think even the Knicks game, because it was like a five-point five, five point game with six to play or something before Kaminga uh, and Moody really, I thought, grabbed control of the tail end of that game. But when Charge comes in, typically teams tend to go on runs. And I, I have another thought behind that that I want to get to in a moment, but I do want to open up the phone lines to Mark and Milbray. Uh, 888-957-9570 is the number. Warriors this week, that's Dan Devone. My name is Evan Giddings. Appreciate all of you joining us here every single Saturday as we do from 9 to noon. Mark's out of Milbray, my man. How are you? What's up, Mark? What's up, guys? Yeah, this is so fun to watch. Uh, the Warriors just playing uh, lights-up basketball on the road right now. Been one of the... Uh, one of the best road teams, you know, as of the, as of late. And if you would have told me the one thing that I would have never believed you, the Warriors would be better on the road than they are at home. Mm. When since the dynasty run started in fifteen, they've been either the best or second best team at home in the league. Uh, this is a jarring uh, differential and and big time for them because if it wasn't for the road right now, they'd probably be out of the play-in. I mean, the, the way they're playing on the road is really what's keeping them in this race. And the way they're just taking teams out, as you guys mentioned, uh, the mentality in all sports is next man up. So if you're if you're moody now, just like Kaminga, who was pissed off he wasn't getting minutes earlier in the season before Kerr was forced to play him, and now he's a stud. Is this is your chance now with Wiggins? If and when he comes back, you prove that you're reliable and you deserve to be on that floor. And you, we know when the playoffs come around and the rotations tighten up, you want to be one of those guys because. As you guys mentioned, Sarge, I think, is practically out of the rotation. I think Kerr realizes now that TJD is the guy there, so I think he's going to be out of the rotation. Obviously, the young guys like Robbins Quinones are not going to play much, and it's going to be CP3 CP3 playing, and even Looney minutes are going to be limited. So 
I think Kerr is going to go with the youth movement, and deservedly so. Those guys have shown they can play. And the way they're playing right now, guys, this is the mentality they need because look at the West, man. This One through ten, this is as good as the West has ever been. And one of these teams out of uh, Sacramento, Dallas, and the Warriors and the Lakers are going to be out of the playoffs. And so you just want to hope you're not that team when you have close to 50 wins and you're not in the playoffs back in, I think it was like in 2008 when the Warriors won 50, close to 50 games and they didn't even make the playoffs. So I just love the way they're playing. If they play like this, guys, even Boston, they've shown they can beat Boston at home. I know it's a different animal in the garden, but the, Boston tends to sometimes play down. So I think the Warriors, ideally we thought a 2-2 two and two road trip. Now you want to get greedy. I think they can go into Boston and win. Obviously they're going to be the underdog, but Boston, the thing that I think that the reason why they don't win a title yet with the talent they have is they think they want to play into the Warriors, Warriors game plan where they think Tatum and Brown want to play jump shot doing and the Warriors are the best team of all time in doing that. So I'm not going to be surprised if the Warriors win tomorrow night. But all in all, just keep playing like they are right now, guys. And you want to avoid, outside of Denver, to me, nobody in the West scares me, fellas. And maybe the Clippers, but we know the Clippers in the playoffs tend to struggle. So outside of Denver, I'm going to put them Everybody else is fair game, in my opinion. I'll take your thoughts on that. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the call, Mark. Yeah, I think he brings up something interesting about the road because one thing that last year the Warriors could not do was win on the road. Like, they won 11 games, and they were good at Chase Center enough to get them to the sixth seed. But right now, they're 16-12 and 12 after the win yesterday on the road. That is a better record in terms of winning percentage than a few teams in front of them, including Dallas, Sacramento, and Phoenix, who's a five seed. So really, the Warriors are playing road basketball at a level of a team that should be should have a seven-round series secured, but it's really been at home that they haven't been able to grab as many of those wins. So, and I, I look, I, I'm not sure that Boston is a team that I want to see right now. Uh, they are playing as good as anyone in the NBA. They're playing the best of, of any team, honestly, in the NBA. But the Warriors have a seat at the table, and that's why I can't wait for tomorrow, uh, 12:30 tip. There are no holes in Boston. Um, when you think about, obviously, we're well aware of Jason Tatum, who I think it's a, there's a, this is a, I think there's an asterisk next to this game for Tatum. Tatum is tired of hearing how he plays uh, not well against the Golden State Warriors. Or the Warriors have his number. He's a bona fide star in this league. Um, if there's one little bit of a word is that their decision making late in games sometimes is questionable. But I think that they, you know, you got to tip your hat. They, they, felt as though they were right there with the Golden State Warriors and when they needed to put them over the top, they went out and they took care of. Like, they weren't complacent. They went and got Drew Holiday. I mean, I'm a huge Drew Holiday fan. Yeah. Like, that guy is just, that's how you win with two-way players like Drew Holiday. And you talk about, you know, Kaminga and his attitude and how he fits in with the way the Golden State Warriors do it from a cultural standpoint. He's one of the best dudes in the NBA in terms of people. So, that's a fit. And then, are you kidding me? Porzingis? <laughs> That just puts you over the top because Porzingis now comes in. Think about it. He was a number one option when he came into the league with New York, a number two when he goes to Dallas. Now he's like number four out there in Boston. And he's still, and he's found what is a really, really good role for him out there. That to go along with Horford and all the role players and Derek White now is is a legitimate guy. And then you got Pritchard coming off the bench. Much like that at Dallas, there's no holes. Like they're solid right across the board. But it's a Another, you know, it's another measuring stick for the Golden State Warriors. Like, we can't sit here and say, or at least I can't sit here and say, that this is a team that's ready to contend for an NBA title. 
if that's the case, then go out and beat Boston at Boston. I, I know it, when we look at it, it's the cards are stacked against you, but the Golden State Warriors have played so well. And the one thing that the Golden State Warriors have, and this now becomes, to reiterate what it is that we're talking about, this now becomes a bullet in the chamber going forward when you're talking about the identity that now is the Golden State Warriors. And the one thing that they have in their favor now that very few teams have, aside from that of Minnesota and OKC, but I would say because the Warriors have the experience, I give them the edge there. But when you're talking about Boston, when you're talking about Phoenix, when you're talking about matching up against you know Dallas as, as well as Sacramento, the Warriors have a youth movement that these other teams do not. And that, to me, can be the deciding factor. I agree. I think it's also because, quickly, before we get to the break here, Stephen Curry's about to have his fifth child. Now, I said that that wrong on purpose. Oh, all right. Riley, Ryan, Cannon, the child-to-be, and the Boston Celtics. Oh, he's good! That... Is the, that is his fifth child, as of 2022. So I'm interested to see how Steph goes into the Garden, how the Boston Celtics play against them. I think the Warriors have a psychological advantage. We'll get into that more on the other Stay side. Stay healthy, Guru and Steiny. <laughs> Kid is good. Uh, I also do want to dig back into that youth movement because I have some thoughts about Moses Moody as it pertains to Wiggins, his absence. Uh, wishing Wiggins all the best, but in the meantime, we got to move forward. we got to talk about this basketball team as currently constructed, and we'll do that on the other side. One hour down, two to go here on Warriors this week. That's Dan Devone. My name is Evan Giddings. Back after this on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 